Hello and welcome back to the Gamers Up. Today I'm going to be talking about Crash Bandicoot or Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Now obviously I had to make that clear because I'm going to be talking about all three of them. Which is going to be interesting. Now, if I can just read the back of it. Three full games, 100 plus levels, two playable characters... Experience insane pla intense tra platforming, epic challenges and adventures with stunning new animations and graphics. Now, as someone who absolutely loved playing Crash Bandicoot 1 on the PS Vita. Yes, I know. I play Xbox and I play the PS Vita. Don't come for me. Now, anyway, someone who loved playing that on the PS Vita. This, this game... Is absolutely amazing to me. Crash Bandicoot. I'm not one of those kids who like played it growing up. Like that was like the first game they ever played on like one of them like really old consoles. But I can say from the fact I played the original Crash Bandicoot, so I've I've still got that ability. So shush. Now, Crash Bandicoot holds a good place in my heart from the from the experience of just. Taking hours and then getting absolutely nowhere in the game. To taking a couple minutes and getting really far. Because it, it can depend on how you're doing on that day. You could be really happy and you you could be really happy and then it'll go well. And if something has annoyed you, it'll just affect your ability to play. And obviously that can be really annoying. Seeing so Crash Bandicoot is a platforming game with a slight bit of action if you count spin kicking Weird scientist and drain perverts out of the map. Drain perverts? Hmm. Now, Crash Bandicoot is an amazing game. Obviously, like I said, it's like a platformer game. You're a Bandicoot called Crash, obviously. The first game, I believe... Uh, let me have... Yeah, the first game, you're trying to get like your girlfriend back or whatever... Bearing in mind she was like completely removed from the other get she was like completely removed from um the other Crash Bandicoots, so the whole point of her made no difference on the other games whatsoever. And the other two games you're just trying to stop the person who kidnapped your girlfriend in the first, um Doctor Neocortex. He looks like Megamind. He's not blue, but he just looks like Megamind. He's got that look about him. He's just got a massive forehead. Search up a picture of Neocortex and you will see what I mean. Now, I'm going to. This isn't going to be one where I'm going to divide it into sections because I'm going to try a new format for this episode and see how it goes. I'm just going to have a little talk about the game, you know, a nice chill out talk about it. I've got my iron brew here. Let's just have a nice little chat. Well, it's not really a chat because it's one way, but let's have a nice little discussion about Crash Bandicoot while I sip my fizzy drink. It's starting to become ASMR now. Jesus, I need to stop. Now, Crash Bandicoot is a really interesting game as it can it can be so fun and yet so aggravating at the same time. Because obviously, like with any platformer game, Mario, um, I actually can't name another platformer game. But like with any platformer game, it it's. It involves a mix of skill, determination, and 
the ability to suppress the urge of wanting to throw your controller at a wall full throttle, which I have felt so many times. There are certain levels which I've, no joke, spent hours on with probably over a hundred attempts, because they are that difficult. Hence, the one I know I spent over a hundred attempts on, Stormy Ascent. Now, this is really interesting because Stormy Ascent was a level that was actually too difficult to release on the original Crash Bandicoot 1. So, what did they do? They released it on the new Crash Bandicoot 1, but more difficult. Right, I don't know how that makes sense, but apparently to the developers, it just did. Also, shout out to Vicarious Visions and Activision. Made a really great game. Also, yeah, Activision, what, they, they go from making Call of Duty to Crash Bandicoot, what legends. Now, in the series, Crash Bandicoot really took a different turn, Crash Bandicoot 2, Crash Bandicoot 3, with things getting really different from the old standard TNTs and that, from Nitro boxes being added, and I believe it was in 2, I don't know, but I know definitely in number 3, abilities... And new levels like ones where you're on motorbikes or jet skis or planes like Nazis and World War. No, no, Tom, don't. Anyway, yeah, it, it really took a turn and I'm not sure how other people feel about it really. I actually quite liked it. I think it put a really interesting spin on it and showed how strange the Crash universe is. Well, also in number three, showing how... All the scientists and enemies you encounter, a lot of the enemies you encounter, a lot of the scientist people anyway. The reason they look the same is cool, literally just robots. But it's such a strange universe. And the fact is it's made more stranger by the fact it doesn't necessarily have a law, a proper law that's not in the game anyway. Now obviously, there will be some people, <laughs> MatPat, who will be able to figure out the law. And, you know props to them because if they're able to figure out the law of an entire game just from what one or two endings of a game that don't tell you much i genuinely salute you game theory just amazing i don't know if they have done that they probably should if you were able to do that seriously props to you because i can't think i can't think of how i could ever do that because with crash bandicoot it's weird it's strange there's no there's no law to it there's just the law in the there's just a story of that game and that's it there's no special law or like hidden backstory like oh where did crash come from where did, actually i know that bit like that is explained i think he was made by cortex and then just didn't want to however there's no like where did cortex come from oh what exactly are these masks who are all who are all these weird creatures what universe is a setting there's none of that and that's what makes the game even weirder because we don't get any answer to questions like that any questions that obviously a lot of the gamers are just like oh yeah but i just want to play crash bandicoot i just want to challenge myself shut up i think you should play a game i think you should play a game and enjoy all of it obviously i get people who, who might just want to you know complete the game get it you know done dusted next game bang but I just find I just think that you should you should enjoy games, especially games like Crash Bandicoot, because a lot of people they're so obsessed with things like FIFA, Call of Duty, 
they don't understand the true beauty of a game like Crash Bandicoot. The fun and anger that can be had on that game is exponentially difficult than FIFA, trust me. Now obviously I can't say much because I don't really play FIFA, as proven by the fact I play games like Crash Bandicoot. That's not a slam on Crash Bandicoot. It's not a slam on FIFA either. I'm not saying FIFA's bad. But you don't see Crash Band you don't see Crash Bandicoot twenty twenty two, do you? And that's saying something. Now one thing that one thing that can get interesting is a lot of the different level styles, like I said. In number three, with levels like planes, like you're literally looking in planes like you're in World War Two, like in the Blitz. To jet ski levels, we've had strange levels in number one where you're just in like dark areas and you'd have to like get a light that only lasted a certain amount of time. Levels like that, it's not like games like Mario. The levels in that, they're different. This is going to sound weird. The levels in Mario, they're different but the same in a strange sounding way. Now what I mean by that is because yeah, from first glance they'll look different, they'll all seem different. But in the end, they are all the same. Just get to this flagpole, just get to this flagpole, get past like maybe a new enemy or something, do a bit of parkour, and that's it. But with Crash Bandicoot, you'll always see either hardened versions of old levels, or like levels of the same style as old ones but made more difficult, or you'll see a complete brand new level with a brand new concept to get your head around. And that's what can make it fun and difficult, like I said, fun and anger. Now, obviously, for people who want to get stuff like relics, which the relics in the game are collectible, you get from completing it in a certain amount of time, like in these time trials that you unlock after completing it. Now, in 1 and 2, they never really had a purpose. That's more of like a collectible. But in 3, the developers, Activision and Vicarious Visions, they obviously wanted to make the relics a bit more useful so players would actually take their time to do that and to unlock certain levels and to be able to get all the gems in the game which a lot of play which every player playing Crash Bandicoot wants to get. You'd have to to complete the secret levels, you'd have to unlock a certain amount of relics. And and I think for one of the levels you do have to get like every relic in the game, apart from that one. Now obviously that is it's interesting and annoying at the same time. Because if you found a level difficult without time trialing it, imagine doing it while time trialing it. Because trust me, the pressure of having to get a certain amount of time... Well, I don't have to get a certain amount of time because you just have to get at least one of the relics. It doesn't matter which one it is. Even if it's just, you know, the minor, blue, sapphire one, whatever. You just have to get one of them and that's good. Get one, you're done. Now in each game, collecting the gems has a different purpose. In number one... You unlocked, a, you unlocked a hidden path and it actually told you at the end what happened to each of the bosses and you also reunited with your girlfriend, which, again, the whole girlfriend concept of number one was really pointless as she had nothing to do with two or three. She wasn't in it. They removed her from it. I don't know why, but, you know. In two, you got to fire, you got to power up a laser that destroyed, like, Cortex's weird station space station thingy 
And number three, it saddens me to say that I don't know yet. I haven't completed number three. Collecting the gems is a really difficult task. If you don't know, collecting the gems, you do it by getting all the boxes in the level. And that will also mean completing the bonus level to get them boxes in, in that level. And oh my god, some of the levels can be so annoying to collect all the boxes in. Yeah, some of the levels though, getting all the boxes for them can be really annoying. Because some levels you'll have to backtrack to a different route or you'll have to get a coloured gem from a different level. And it can just be so, so irritating. But, it's like games like Minecraft or Assassin's Creed or Sea of Thieves. There's a big task you have to do. And it just fills you that determination to complete that task. Now, obviously, <laughs> determination and stupidity can be very different. I would know. However, in a lot in with Cash Bandicoot, when you get that determination, it's not stupidity. It is pure determination. It is that pure feeling of I need to do this and I will do this. Now that is it's just great because you get to have a feeling once you've done it completing that big difficult task you get that feeling of I've done this I've completed this and I can be proud of myself I can be proud that I've done this this is starting to turn into an inspirational podcast I need to silly this up um School is lame, am I? What? <clears throat> and the viewers dropped to zero. Now, the enemies in this game vary much differently. From things like weird turtles you can bounce on the back of, to, I think there were scorpions in one level, was there? Yeah. To bees, which made my life hell. On levels with bees. Genuinely, I could not function on levels that had bees. I wanted the end when I did them levels. So obviously, if you haven't played Crash Bandicoot 2, you would not know how annoying and just stressful levels with bees are. But they are. They are stressful, I can promise you. They are incredibly stressful. And will make, not, without sounding really bad and getting this podcast log removed or something, the, the B levels will make you want to top yourself. Because they're just so utterly irritating. Because like, they're just annoying to beat as well. They're just irritating. And oh, this is going into a rant about bees on Crash Bandicoot. I don't care though. So annoying to have to fight and like get past it's just oh you better hope you have a lot of lives because if you don't you will rinse through them to get past them bees i will pr i promise you that you will rinse through like just i don't i just can't anymore i just can't i'm just gonna i'm just gonna shush now i'm not gonna shush i'm just gonna yeah right what am I doing? What am I doing? 
Anyway, now I'm going to be ending this podcast soon. Again, I know at the start, and I did it with Resident Evil and with Five Nights at Freddy's, I will be trying whenever I can to be making like half an hour episodes. But that can be that can be slightly difficult because if it's like a game I've played for years, um, hint hint coming up. If it's a game I've played for years, then it's really easy because I've got years of experience. So, for example, if I if I decide to review Halo or, hmm, yeah, if I decide to review Halo, what else? Um, I don't know what Skyrim, hint hint. If I decide to review a game like that, then I'll have a lot of experience playing it. I will know what to do. I'll know what to talk about. And that will just be great, because then I can get 30-minute episodes. Or, if you're lucky, maybe even a 40-minute episode. Yeah, look, you look, you lucky guys. Now, obviously, that, that will all depend on... Like I said, it all depends on the game I do. And, obviously, if I can't do a half-an-hour episode... Play me if you want, but mm, it's not all. It's not always the easiest thing in the world to be able to just come on here, talk about a game like fully, like a game. Yeah, and it's honestly, it can. It might not seem it when you're listening to a podcast, but it can be difficult. But yeah, no, what I enjoy this. I hope that anyone listening enjoys this. To be honest, and because. That's all I want to do. I want people to enjoy this. I don't want this to be some, like, stupid thing. People go, oh, that's so stupid. He's never going to get any views from that or, like, things like that. But to be honest, I don't care. I'm not doing this for people to, you know, I'm not doing this to get popular. So if I did this to get popular, then, well, actually, I don't see the point. I have had people go to me like people have gone to me in person gone like oh what's the point of doing a podcast oh no listeners <laughs> you're not going to get any and what you think all these people like mini minter or jack mate all those others that done podcasts what do you think they got a lot of viewers on their podcast because they were already famous they they were just able to say oh, i've started a podcast and people would flock over but even then do you think when they started their YouTube channels, they mm. had zero? They had like thousands of viewers. Basically, in short, I don't care about getting views. I don't care about getting listeners. I don't care about becoming some famous podcaster, YouTube, whatever. And you know, I'm doing it to have fun, and I hope the people that do watch it, which a lot of people have made clear, won't be there many. But I don't care. Basically, I just want the people that do watch it to enjoy it. Just have a little bit of fun, have a little bit of a laugh. And like I said, I enjoy it. And that's fine to me. I like it. So, yeah. This is going to be it for today's episode of The Game Is Up. And I'll see you next week. Goodbye.